As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And today I have not one but two guests. They are the co-directors on Fred Heads, the documentary. Please welcome Paige Troxel. Hi, how are you guys? And Kimberly <laughs> Gunzinger. Hello. <laughs> so I'll let whoever wants to go first, but I want you guys to talk about Fred Heads a little bit. Yeah, uh, so Fred Heads is a documentary that is about the fandom of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And so it is made for the fans, by the fans. And it deals with our love of this franchise, but also finding a community and home. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up right there. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we you know, our, our group of friends, we got together because of our love for Nightmare on Elm Street and the convention scene. So it was really important to us to, you know, tell the story that so many of us kind of share together, you know, all meeting randomly, living in different places in the United States, just because we went to, you know, horror conventions because of our love for Nightmare on Elm Street. So we, we found uh, a lot of inspiration and through the community itself, just, you know, like, like a family. So we really wanted to share that story with everyone. Okay, so obviously I came to know you guys through Anthony Brownlee, who, if you're listening, you would have just heard them him last week when this comes out. And yeah, I've had him on, I think, five or six times now, and he's been working on this the, the whole time. So like, when did this journey start exactly, like to making this documentary? Uh, so we uh, we made a film together in 2016. And then at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, we started talking about launching this project. We I saw a documentary about another fandom. And I was like, why are we not telling this story? Like, why are we not telling the nightmare side of it? Like, we know the fan story. And so I, I said to Kim and DeAndra and Anthony, I was like, why don't we make like Fred heads? Why don't we we do it about our community and so we started i think we started in 2016 was when we started really like talking about it and then when we launched we launched with submissions in the beginning of 2017 and then that was just then the gates unfloated and it was amazing because we got all these amazing submissions and started hearing all these stories from people and um and then it took us a long time to make the film we were in production for about three or four years before we started editing. And then Kim and I uh, sat down and edited for like a year and year and a half, I would say. And yeah. uh, long hours, editing sessions, many sleepless nights and many different versions of redheads <laughs> there are out there. <laughs> but uh, we finally got with what we have now and we're extremely proud of it. Yeah, like Paige said, we, we were overwhelmed with as many stories and submissions that we had. And it wasn't just, you know, online submissions that we wanted to take. We only really launched that because we knew there was no way we could reach every single Nightmare on Elm Street fan that was out there. Of course we wanted to, but I mean, it's an international phenomenon and 
you know, we, we only had so much that we could do ourselves travel wise. So we tried to hit as many conventions we could. Um, but we really wanted to kind of pull from that bigger, you know, pool of fans. So, so everybody could be represented. Absolutely. Uh, so won't you guys tell everyone where they can find it, the easiest way to access it? Yeah. So right now um, you can purchase a physical copy on Amazon. You can also purchase a digital copy or rent it there. And then our favorite thing is you can watch it for free on Tubi. Like you can watch it on Tubi right now for free. And then any information anybody wants to know, you can just head on over to fredheadstock.com and that leads you to all of our stuff. Yeah, just remember the uh, the versions online do not have the fun special uh, features that we had. There's some fun special features that only available on the DVD. So just wanted to throw that out there. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, since you brought that up, I'm going to ask this. Is there any chance for a Blu-ray coming? Oh, man. Uh, so we we hope that there's going to be a Blu-ray coming. We, we're we not in charge of any of that. That's our distribution company. And so we only have so much say. We can we can say like we would love a Blu-ray. But our biggest thing is, is if the fans keep expressing they want a Blu-ray, it's going to show the interest to them. And I know they're working on doing some international stuff. Um, they have the international rights as well. And I think they were kind of trying to package all of that together. But uh, in the meantime, we're working on some extra features. So that way, if they do have a Blu-ray, we can say, hey, here are these extra bonus features that you can put on the Blu-ray and uh, entice the fans to, to grab that copy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I definitely want the Blu-ray. <laughs> physical media person, I want the Me Blu-ray. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to transition to the movie we're going to talk about tonight. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back. Oh, I did not look up the year. I know it's in the 80s. Do you know what exactly? 89. 80, okay, right at the end. And yeah. We're talking about Teen Witch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Paige, I'll start with you. When did you first see Teen Witch? Man, I, you know, I was a kid and I was just thinking this the other day because I was talking to Kim and I was like, um, I was like, you should show it to so-and-so. And she's like, I can't, it's PG-13. And I was like, oh, it's PG-13? Like, I remember watching it when I was like seven years old. Like, I, I have a lot of older cousins. And so a lot of my older girl cousins were obsessed with this movie. And from it, like, I was always in the room watching. So I was a kid. I think I was like maybe six or seven years old. And I... I was instantly like hooked. Yeah, I mean, I was I was eight when it came out, so I, I know I I definitely saw it before I was thirteen, <laughs> and I, I don't remember where, but I know it came on somewhere, and it was one of those movies you just kind of like, I, I, at least for a kid, you know, instantly got hooked on. Um, the music was fun. Um, even going back and watching it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's funny how they portray, I guess, the early uh, rap genre that was coming out at that time. <laughs> it's a little cheesy, but it's still so much fun. But yeah, I remember watching that pretty, pretty early on and just, like I said, instantly loving it. It was always a cult classic. So, Well, based on those two stories, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I watched this one for the first time earlier this year. But we sat down and watched as a family because it was my wife's one of her childhood favorites as well. 
In fact, she would have been eight when it came out as well. So she was born the same year as you, I guess. So, but we showed our 13 year old who fits the age, 10 year old, and our six year old. So I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we were like, you know what? <laughs> And, and it's funny because we'll show them stuff from the 80s and we're like, well, this PG-13 hits different than it does now. Mm-hmm. These PG-13s can have a lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was I was a little shocked. I I It's been about, I'd say, six months to a year since I've like watched it and I've never like broken it down. And I was watching it. I was like, man, like this sex ed scene, like... <laughs> How did I not yeah. that as a kid? Like as a kid, like I didn't realize. Like I was like, oh, or the like implied sex scene that like doesn't right. happen but does kind of. I was like, well, I I can't believe my parents let me watch this all the time. Well, I think that's that's kind of like a double edged sword because in a way, when you're too young, you're not gonna understand that. Like I I was more worried about my 13 year old son because I'm like, oh, he is picking up on this and exactly what's going on versus my younger ones who didn't understand. And they were just like, well, what what?" they didn't understand. So it didn't matter. My 13 year old picked up on it very quickly. And I was like, maybe he's the one that should be watching this. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely didn't pick up on the things as a kid, you know, and you go back and watch it as an adult. It's it's quite amusing. So. Um, I don't know. I made I made my fiance watch it for his first time. <laughs> I think he just rolled his eyes most of the, most of the time. Just like, oh. wow, is that really how they portrayed us in the eighties? <laughs> oh, when I first watched, it, actually, I loved it. I watched it again the other night just a re- refresher. But I watched it earlier this year, and I was like, this may be like the most eighties movies ever. There's so many random dance numbers and everything else. I was like, oh, this is awesome. The dream sequence in the beginning, like yeah. it's like the the perfect like it's a perfect cheesy eighties comedy. Yep. It has everything in it. it. Even has like Zelda Rubenstein in it, which I, she's oh. my favorite character in the entire film. Is uh, her, yes, I I just love it so much. But um, it's just perfect. Like even the brother with like the dog, where he gets turned into a dog, and like throughout the thing, it's like the right. running thing where he like wolfs and barks. Like it's just it's perfect eighties. I love it. Yeah, that's my favorite scene is when she turns a brother and dog. And he's like, I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was great. So for anyone that may have not seen Teen Witch, why don't you tell everyone what it's about? Whoever wants to take it. Paige, I think you should take it. <laughs> All right. Louise Miller on her 16th birthday learns that she is a teen witch. And while she learns that she has this great ability, there comes power with it. In the beginning, she does fun little things where she plays tricks on her classmates, but soon she realizes she wants to be the most popular girl. And so her and her mentor come up with a spell where she meets a Madonna knockoff character, and then she becomes the most popular girl. And then it's not what she wants. And in the end, there's this beautiful message about being who you are and loving who you are. And people should love you for that. Hijinks and all sorts of 80s fun. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much sum it up. I think so. Yeah, it's funny because like Paige and I have a lot of movies that we like, but there's a lot of movies we are drastically different. And this is one movie we both could actually agree on. So yeah. <laughs> that's one of the reasons we chose it. It was like no contest. Like, oh, that is Teen Witch. We even yeah. had a chance to meet uh, Robin Lively for both our first times at a convention. 
and uh, Paige actually made her like a little teen witch doll. It was super cute, and she I seemed to really like it, and I just I don't know, she was really nice, and it was a lot of fun to finally meet the teen witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I knew Robin Lively from Karate Kid Part Three growing up, not this, but. <laughs> I think watching this, I think my biggest surprise was that the the rival girl, the guy she likes girlfriend, mm-hmm. was the sister in the Monster Squad, and I had never seen her in anything else. So yeah, so I was like, oh, nice, good to see her in something else. I didn't know she did anything else, honestly. You know, this <laughs> the cool thing about this film is there's a lot of that type of stuff. Um, even her dad is Dick Sargent, who yep. is you know Bewitched. Darren Stevens from right. Bewitched, and so there's a lot of like fun cool like elements about it yeah and one of the the popular girls one of her friends or cronies whatever you want to call it she was actually in can't buy me love mm-hmm. which also kind of dealt with the like 80s and the being popular not yep. being popular so um it seems to be like a running theme of the 80s of like <laughs> being popular in school yeah. so i don't know <laughs> all right now because we don't get into the spoiler-filled version of these movies. These are introductions. Now we get into the fun stuff. And that was first starting off with, if you had gotten a sequel, you could either do it back then in the 80s or do a current-day sequel, however you want to take this question. What would you guys like to have seen? I already know. I want to see about her daughter. Like, I think that it needs to be her daughter's 16th birthday, and she's hiding this secret from her. And her daughter finds out and doesn't tell her. And then she finds out and is like, oh, my gosh, and all sorts of stuff happens. But I think it should be about her, her kid. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, it, it make not only does it make sense like the script wise, but it would be fun. And you could bring back, you know, original characters from, you know, the beginning. Did she did she marry the hunk or did she not? You know, like so many things you could do with it that would just be a lot of fun and i think i think the fans would enjoy it you know and it would also be able to reach a whole new like audience so i don't know <laughs> they're doing it with freaky friday they're doing a new freaky friday why not do a new team match that is fair and that would work that would be a good idea to carry it on in a logical way i guess if you will <laughs> yeah all right, so let's go with something we do see a lot of, and that are the remakes. And how would you cast this thing if you had to cast it with today's people, though? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I don't know any young actors. I know, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just did this for my TikTok where I was like, I'm going to recast A Nightmare on Elm Street and like do like a like a prequel where I'm like casting the younger age of the actors and I end up casting actors who are in their 40s and 50s and I'm like they can't play 20 year olds like <laughs> I don't know like I don't know a whole lot of younger a- actors I think the only one I really know is like Millie Bobby Brown I think or it's, from Stranger Things I was gonna say it's funny you say that because anytime I have someone get on here and it's a younger cast and they're like, I don't know young actors, just someone from Stranger Things. That's like the go, that's the go-to. <laughs> I need to expand my repertoire. Um, no, you know, there's a there's a girl who I think who could totally pull it off. Um, she's have you guys ever seen that movie To All the Boys I Love? It's a Netflix series movie. I have not, like but my wife, my wife has. I have not watched it myself. The the main girl in there, she started another series called Boo Bitch. 
and it's a comedy. It's like a, it's a horror comedy on Netflix and she's hilarious in it. And I feel like she would be somebody who could be good to take over the teen witch role, but I don't even know if she's, she might be in her thirties too. I don't know. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that I do not know. Kim, <laughs> you got anybody? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I think it would be easy to to cast, though. I mean, I don't think you know. I, I think there's a lot of candidates out there that would you know potentially do do well. Unfortunately, like I names, I'm terrible with. I probably should have like wrote wrote something down beforehand. <laughs> but, um, but I don't think they would have a hard time casting it. Um, you know, I'd probably be more of a help with the 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 parents or the teachers. You know. The, characters <laughs> hey we, so. we can do that too cast the parents that, that'll, that'll be okay <laughs> gotta have everybody oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it has to be somebody from like like horror witchy royalty right so like we could do for the dad hmm what if we did the the devil from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the new Sabrina, the like dad on there, the one who plays her her father? Yeah, oh, I can't think of it. I can't think of his name, but like that could tie in because it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Her mom could be Melissa Joan Hart. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> okay. okay, but let's be real. It's a remake. We're we're doing this. What role is Robin Lively coming back to play? You know they're bringing her in if they do it. You gotta uh, have her in something. If she's not like if it's not her daughter already, then she should definitely be the Zelda character. Okay. Or yeah. she should be the theater character. The, oh like, yeah. Theater one who gives her the necklace. Yeah. Because think how true. cool would that be if she's like Robin Lively's giving her the necklace as like yeah. passing the torch. Yep. That that works. Yeah, I like that. So but hopefully she's the mom and you know right. her, it's her daughter. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would probably be the way to do it. It would be that requel, if you call it, yeah. slash sequel. Yeah. So yeah, that would be the way to go with this. All right, <laughs> here's what I want you to do, and that is give a final pitch on why someone should take a chance on Teen Witch if they haven't already. Can you go first? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's lighthearted. You'll walk away just laughing, feeling good about yourself. You know, like I said, the, the end, it just, it ends well. Um, and like I said, it's just, it's just fun all around with the music and you, you'll, you'll be laughing the whole time. Pop some popcorn, sit on the couch, just veg out and watch it on, on TV, put it on the big screen. It's, it's on HBO max and it's hilarious. It's campy. It's fun. It's endearing. And it's like a little time capsule in an hour and 40 minute movie. Yeah. Very well yeah. said. Yeah. Just uh, make sure you're keeping up with where it's streaming at the time. Because earlier this year it was on Prime. And yes, I rewatched it on Max as well. So. Yeah. Just, I mean, it, I own several copies of it. I'm, I'm a big <laughs> physical media fan. Um, I own like the DVD that's signed, and then I have like the Blu-ray, and um, and then obviously, like I just I streamed it because it's easier to just pop it on the streamer. <laughs> right, 
And in reality, if I went through our collection, my wife probably owns this, at least on DVD. I don't think it's one we've upgraded to Blu-ray that I know of, but she probably has a copy of it. But yeah, it's just easier for me to go. No, it's right here. I don't have to look for it right now. (laughs) And it's probably better than the DVD quality anyway at this point. Blu-ray would be different, but the DVD, I don't know about. All right. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that one's good. (laughs) <laughs> that's like i said i knock these out pretty quick most of the time so <laughs> nice why don't you guys take a minute tell everyone where they can find you where they can find the doc again where wherever you want to be found whatever whatever info you want to give out Paige, take it i'll go yeah. first and so you can find me on tiktok at the final girl 13 um but it's girl so instead of an i it's a u and then um, you can find Fred Heads on all of the social medias at Fred Heads Doc. And then we have our FredHeads.com. Yep. I, unfortunately, I'm not a social media savvy person. So I'm on Facebook. Like I said, I am old. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Facebook or Roaming the Halls is some random horror convention. That's usually where I try to, uh, to do most of my um, linking up with people. So yeah <laughs> all right and everybody go watch fred heads like i said if nothing else it is free on tubi that is a free option there's no reason you can't do that and yeah. i said this on anthony's episode and i know you said it but i can't stress enough it's about the fandom of nightmare on elm street some of the reviews i see is like this didn't add anything new that i didn't learn about the franchise I'm like you missed the point you missed the point of the dog if that's what you're saying yeah. so <laughs> Yeah, there I love a extensive documentary on the films themselves. <laughs> Never sleep yes. again. It that, covered everything from A to Z. There was nothing more we could cover. Yeah. So we wanted to cover the fans' perspective and how it changed our lives. <laughs> and there's some very personal stories in there for sure. Yeah, there are. It was it was um, a very fun journey, and I think that's why we put a warning in the front is that like this is a it's a fan documentary it's for the fans and about the fans and uh, i love constructive criticism but it's hilarious when they try to compare it to never sleep again because it's like we're not nothing will ever compare like not no doc after never sleep again will ever compare to it because it is the definitive documentary but there are still other stories to tell there are other stories to tell in there and shifting focus to the fans and the fandom for us was so important because it gives light to what keeps Freddie alive. And that comes to that saying where, you know, um, DeAndre says fear keeps Freddie alive or gives Freddie his strength. Fear gives Freddie his strength, but the fandom is what keeps Freddie alive. And so for us, it's kind of like, that's, that's what we wanted to tell is this film has changed and shaped so many people's lives. And let's talk about it. <laughs> all right and as always you can follow me at ynf movie pod I'm pretty much active on twitter so just follow that available on all the podcast platforms i mean if you're listening hit subscribe wherever you're at right now we'll be back next week with a new guest and a new movie until then you guys take care and i will talk to you next time <laughs>